0: Got time for a quick story. It seemed as though Steve Lukather was on every other song on the radio in the early to mid-1980s. There's a pretty decent chance if you're listening to a radio station like the one I work at in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, Greatest Hits 98.1, that within an hour or two you'll hear a song, at least one, that features his guitar work, whether doing a guitar solo or playing rhythm guitar. Of course, Toto is what he's most known for. He's a member of Toto going all the way back to the 70s, and they are on tour right now. 40 trips around the sun tour. is going to be in Madison here in Wisconsin on September 29th at the Orpheum Theater, and then October 1st, going to be in Minneapolis at the State Theater, not that far from where I'm located. But also he's performed on a whole bunch of other songs. You hear him all over Thriller. You hear him doing the guitar solo on Running With a Night by Lana Ritchie. You hear him doing guitar solos for The Tubes, like She's a Beauty and Talk to You Later. You hear him with Michael McDonald. I keep forgetting. And I'm really reading a list from a USA Today article from 2018. And there's a whole, whole bunch of others. Well, with Toto coming nearby. Thought this is an appropriate time to talk to Steve Lukather. We're in for a heck of a conversation today. And first... I've heard your music so much between Toto and everywhere else. It feels like every day there's a Steve Lukather-related song that I hear on the radio or something in my listening. (laughs) Seriously, like every day of my life, there's Steve Lukather somewhere.
1: I'm sorry, man. I'm really sorry about that. Well, I I accept your condolences on that. I think they have some uh, new CBD balm for that if you rub it on your... The part that hurts, make
0: it stop. <laughs> you know, we've got plenty of CBD stores around here in Eau Claire. I might look into that if that's possible. Um, I'm going to get into Toto in just a bit, but, but on that point, there was a time over the summer here on, on our radio station, and we played the, the Casey Kasem American Top 40 rebroadcasts on Greatest. It's 98.1. Okay, yeah. And there was one rebroadcast from the summer of 1983. And mm. I want to say, as I'm listening to this, I, I, I realize, I'm like, there are four... <laughs> maybe five songs with your guitar on it on that one countdown was sure. was there ever a point in all of your between toto and session work where you kind of where it all crystallized and you went my gosh i'm like everywhere right now i can't avoid myself i'm on the radio so much i'm doing all this session work and it's all just happening
1: it was it was a it was some of the best times of my life i mean it was really a kick to Just turn on the radio randomly, and pretty much any time, I could hear something that I was playing on. Particularly, I would say from 79 to 89, you know? Mm -hmm. In that, I mean, I started in 76, but I mean, the big hits that I started playing on were like 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, 84. I mean, at one point, I was on a lot of the Billboard Top 100 I don't know exactly how many, but it was a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Like thirty out of the, thirty or forty out of the top one
0: hundred. Sheesh, Yeah, it seemed like you were everywhere at the time. I was. I was reading an interview yesterday, uh, the one in Loudhailer magazine, and you reference what another book, and you are going to talk more about your session music in that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this one did so good that they were after me. Going, look, you got to do another one, man. I am like, yo, okay, I can do that. Uh, it takes a long time. That's that's an issue. <laughs>
0: The Gospel According to Luke, of course, was your original. I keep meaning to read it. It's on my list. I'm going to get to it. I've heard about it for a long time. No, so. thanks.
1: I mean, a lot of people have been reading it. It's really pretty funny to me. All musicians of all walks of life. Apparently, I'm... I, you know, who knows? that? I I didn't think anybody would read it or get it, but they, apparently they have, so... Well... I'll uh, take the love.
0: Well, right. And, I mean, you there's obviously a good amount of us who 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 kind of we read the liner notes, we know who's well there are no liner
1: notes anymore, so I, you used to read liner notes yes. yes,
0: that's a good point, yeah, nowadays you just look on Wikipedia to try to see if who's programming what and it it's so vague you can't tell what was what and if it's actually yeah, what
1: uh it's true you know it's hard, it's harder to do all it everything's different now, I think music sadly is uh, not as important as it used to be, like certainly not in my era coming up as a kid and as a young musician music was the focus there wasn't visual to it there wasn't other things to do while you're listening to me. The music was a focal point in the room i mean we listened hard you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it wasn't just background noise for multitasking as in many cases it's become sure there's the aficionados there's people like us that still love to listen and really Dig what's what's going on in the in the, in in the grooves of the albums, but you know even the the term album is outdated now. Right. It doesn't behoove anybody uh, in terms of time or financially to make an album anymore. No, there's no place to go buy one. And now we live in this track by track, moment by moment culture, which is whether we like it or not, is just the way it is. So you have to adapt to it. Would you know the good news for classic rock guys like us or me in particular, or whatever is that we have a career, and people will come see that for whatever reason these songs have sort of transcended just the moment in time, and now it's got forty three years you know mm-hmm. Who would have ever thought in a million years our shit would be played on the radio every day forty three years after we started making the records when I was a teenager. Uh-huh. It's an amazing ride. I mean, really. I'm just, a, you know, withstanding all the good, bad, and the ugly that's come our way. It got it's to be- still here and still thriving and just having one of the biggest years we've ever had in terms of touring and financially and all the rest of it. It's like been a great fucking year in spite of all the disaster that's happened to us. Right. And the negative slant that used to come our way that's happening a lot less now because people are like, Okay, 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 they're still here. I mean okay, they're not that bad, you know. So there's a few fucking seventy five year old hipsters that just won't let go of it, but you know (laughs) those guys are funny to me at this point. It's like you're kicking a dead horse, man. I get it. You don't like us. I don't like you either. That doesn't change the world either way, does it? You know?
0: Well, and some of us younger types, we we grew up with the music. We didn't know any better. I mean, I'll hate no, myself No, You didn't here. grow
1: up with the Sex Pistols as your new angst against what they used to call corporate rock, which is really a joke of a title, because <laughs> anybody that signs a record deal and takes $1 is now corporate rock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. So that's a stupid. If you could be on stiff records, but if you took a fucking advance and you travel around the world making money, then sorry, man. You are the man you profess not to be. Right. Yeah. So I mean who, like when you start playing guitar you go let me see. Yeah, I'm a punk, but uh, I need to make a living doing this. Otherwise I'm gonna be going to work sitting in traffic like everybody else. So to put it down like it's like oh yeah corporate rocks like this so, why do people have to put labels on everything? I like all kinds of music. I'm not a musical snob at all. If, and, you know, that's just my point of view. You, everybody else has a right to theirs.
0: Um, On the point of... EPs and albums and singles and whatnot. Yeah. And I ask this every time I talk to an artist, especially one whose music was of that era, who came up in the release an album every year, got to keep churning out content. Yeah. So what's what's your approach with, and and I'll get to this a little bit later on, on the future of Toto, but mm-hmm. on, in terms of your music and what you do, are you going to keep doing albums? Do you start well, releasing say, songs? Well, I think, yeah,
1: okay. I'm, in terms of me, myself, and whatever uh, configurations of personal bands that I put together for myself, yeah, that's where I'm going to scratch the itch with my creativity, because I can make a record in two weeks and get all that out, you know what I mean? Toto, it's a much more meticulous scene. There's more people, there's more people that have songs, there's more people that want to have their voice heard in whatever. I don't mean necessarily singing voice, but as far as their creative voice heard on every record, and you make a 10-song record, it costs us hundreds of thousands of dollars to make it the way we like to make it in real studios with real musicians, real horn players, whatever we decide to do and you know big uh, people that really know what they're doing, you know, and that's expensive, you know. So you put all that time and effort out there and you don't make the money back. After a while you're going like why am I doing this, you know? Cuz uh, if if you're a solo artist there's less of the pot to split so you can make money doing it on the front end and you can use it to tour. Uh, if you're in a band and you have a catalog like we do, or a classic, most people want to hear all the old shit anyway. So that you, maybe you can sneak in a new one or two new songs, and they'll dig it. But you know, if you walk out and play your whole new album, people are going to get up and leave. You know, they want to hear old shit, even the, the you know the deep cut album cuts, because they've heard the albums a million times. So it's a different for us than it would be for a new band. That I mean, how does a new band get one hit record and then you need to get bodies in the building? Who pays 75 bucks to see one song? Mm -hmm. At least when a new artist had a new album out back in the 70s and 80s, you'd have a whole album to take in and you'd know 10 songs, you know? Mm -hmm. Now you've got one song. I mean, how do you build a career that way?
0: You guys also you were talking about the visual element that's bigger and bigger all the time and yet you... well,
1: you know we never counted on having to be pretty too we thought studying music and getting really good at what we did was enough because that was the 70s mentality if you had a good looking guy in the band good for you <laughs> but it wasn't a prerequisite i mean you go see fucking mountain and there's leslie west you go see Ian anderson you know Okay, he's not an ugly guy, but I mean, his whole persona was not that of a model, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That all happened with MTV, where you had to be pretty, and you had to have that, and his was, image was selling more so than the actual music. Now, there was great music being made, I'm not saying that. But some of the synth pop with the first-generation Lynn drum machine hasn't worn well. just like the mullet and the pastels, you know? Mm-hmm but you have to laugh at it go we all, they all made us do it so i mean everybody looks like an idiot well That's and the not thing so is well, right, and you you're... have to be able to laugh and go shit some of our first videos were before mtv I... and and it's stark video and it's really cheesy and really funny
0: well, right, and you were—that's the I was gonna just gonna ask, like you were preceding MTV. I mean, the '99 yeah. video and the whole line. We did video. one
1: of the first concept pieces with the Hydra record, right? Right. The second album, and yeah. you know we did like four videos in two days, but it was total fromage fest, and they thought we were crazy. Jeff Picaro really pushed this because he was sort of our art director guy, or not sort of—he was—and he saw a vision of like, well, let's do a little piece. Like, everybody's going, "You're crazy." They just want a performance piece; so they can send it around the world as promo no, 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 we're going to do this, oh, you're crazy, you're crazy, we did this in 1978, what was MTV, 1981? Yeah. Okay, there you have it, now, nobody's ever given us any love for that, but we were on the first, you know, month of MTV, they didn't have any content, so they were playing the fuck out of whatever they can get their hands on, so we were all over that, and then all of a sudden, we became uncool, you know, and then, of course, we've always been uncool, but. (laughs) <laughs> it's probably less so now than ever. Young musicians kind of look at look up to us because we're the last of the guys that used to make records the old way, and they look at us like, "How was that ever done?" You know, like where they found a pterodactyl in their backyard that <laughs> speaks, and they want to ask it all the questions.
0: You know? Well, it's to the point now where when I when I schedule out Africa to play on this station and admittedly my my listenership is probably from my age around 40 or so and then up but there was a point about a year ago and this coincided about when Weezer did the cover but regardless of that I felt that Africa was so big I couldn't rest it almost every song I'll rest just a little bit so people don't get I could not rest Africa because I felt like it's almost becoming this Extra national anthem, and it's popular among younger people. One of my friends at the radio station is about thirty three, loves Toto, loves Africa, and we embrace it. And it's it's that younger generation that doesn't think of it in terms of uncool. It's right. I mean,
1: that's working for our advantage because they're showing up at the gigs, and then they're going, "Wow, these guys got a whole other thing I wasn't expecting." And then they go download the record, or they you know they go they're interested. They tell their friends. All of a sudden, we got this whole young college age kind of crowd showing up we're going what the fuck and they stay for the whole show many of them i look out and they know the lyrics like they've been doing homework before they show up at the gig and like you know i'm just we're just shaking our head going don't say anything don't jinx this because it's going really <laughs> well right now but if we become a thing like that if it, you know if africa becomes some college thing you know like uh... You know, look what happened to Jimmy Buffett, and look, did I mention this already, Jimmy Buffett and people like that, you know, or Steve Miller, who, like, get these college crowds that come out every year, even though it's like a new college thing comes in, it becomes a thing. Well, you got to listen to this music or these songs, and then if we follow this band, and it becomes a thing. I've been told that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. anyway. I mean, I don't know, man. I I played at colleges. I never went. <laughs>
0: At your education in other ways that's okay,
1: I studied music, man, that was for real, and that was the thing that was my original point. We studied music, and we didn't worry about how we looked. I mean, I was dressing like a fucking uh, a, a grunge guy in nineteen seventy seven okay Pendleton's fucked up big hair, torn up jeans, and I'd show up to a photo session. and they'd go "Oh, you can't look like that, and they'd start cutting my hair and fucking with me and like I hated it. <laughs> If you look at the picture on our first album, you can see me scowling. And that was because he just cut off all my shit and put me in fucking what I thought was office wear. <laughs> you know, I said, who the fuck I am? Fuck you guys. This is way before punk and all that shit, you know?
0: What was your best trip around the sun of the 40 years of Toto? What's, and now Ooh. it's 41 now. Well, you know what, now.
1: man? I, I, I will, you know, I've just been thinking about this recently because it, it's come up. You know, I'm looking back at my career now, so I have to give... Sitting here where I am today and looking back at, like, wow, I really did all that? Man, that's fucking crazy, you know? Uh, and that where I'm at mentally and in my health and all the way I live and all that stuff, you know? But I'd have to say the best year was my real coming of age year where it all just fell together. We did our first sessions for doing demos uh, with Toto in January 77. I did the Boss Gags tour, started doing a lot of sessions, and we were in the studio doing making the first total record by the fall of 77 you know i went through all of that in one year that that was a transition year from being a kid and like oh yeah he's pretty good man let's see what he's got to being in the middle of the scene and that's when my career really took off was 77 78 so at that point um, i'd have to look back at those years when i was 19 20 years old no. That really changed everything for me, and then the rest exponentially was just what it is, you
0: know. What was of the now forty tours around the sun? What was your favorite? Forty-three t- now, man. Forty-three yeah. tours around the sun. Oh, it keeps adding up. What's your favorite of those?
1: Ooh, wow! This last year has just been amazing, man. I got to say, we've just been headlining these big festivals. You know, Pori Jazz, Boss Pop, North Sea Jazz Festival, Uh, you know, there were 35, 50,000 people a night, man, just losing it, just digging the music. It was a great feeling to to go out there at this time in my life and go, look at, we fucking can still do this, man, look at that. Made us feel, you know, when looking at the numbers on Spotify, a billion with a B, uh, you know, streams and counting and individual 12 million a month and shit like that. It's like, I mean, we have to judge sales by that now. It's not the billboard charts anymore um uh, because that's a very specific urban thing that has nothing to do with what we do. It's interesting that we live in the society where you you can have people that sell out Madison Square Garden that you've never heard of before. you know what I mean there's a lot of people just get into what they get into and they find like minded people and it becomes a thing you know so like you said, I mean, I don't have to worry about old guard. You know, rock journalists who are either dead or they don't matter anymore because people can find you on Facebook and, you know, millions of people do. And so we can see the constructive criticism and not worry about just somebody, I I hate you, you suck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're ugly. Uh, you're wearing a wig. That, I like that one. I'm wearing a wig, yeah. <laughs> okay, like, I, you know, yes, I picked up my wig. It's Stevie Wonder Wigs, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> it's pretty fucking funny, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, how how is Toto doing as a band right now? September 20th ah, man, when, you yeah.
1: know, I mean, it's, it's tough because, you know... Yeah, man, we're doing okay. We've just been through a lot of really nasty lawsuits that kind of fucked a lot of things up. But, you know, you survive all this shit. We've survived worse. But, you know, at the same time, we're going out to play music, and when we walk on that stage, man, whatever bullshit may be going on or old past shit that only people you've known since you were 15 years old could fucking fuck with you about. Um, You know, when we get on that stage, it's all about the music, and we laugh, and we have a great time, and we leave all that shit behind, you know? I mean, I think that we are ready for a long break. I mean, that's going to happen no matter what. We've been on the road for three years, straight, on this tour. So uh, it's time to sit back and end this cycle, and I'm not sure what happens next, you know? So we're going out with all the gusto we got, and we're going to kill it, you know, every night. Everybody's on board for that, so... Expect that.
0: Understanding, obviously, that you can't, that, that you just literally said you don't quite know what the future is. This is not of in case anyone's listening and going, whoa, 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 is this like farewell tour territory? We got to get our tickets right now.
1: Well, I mean, it kind of is farewell to this particular incarnation. I mean, we've had seven already. I don't know what's going to happen next. This one is, uh, you know, this is the end of an entire cycle. So at this point, you know, we have a lot of side men behind us besides just us guys mm-hmm. that are left from the original scene. So, um, you know, we're just I, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I know we're not going to work at all. in the, We have nothing in the foreseeable future. So if you want to come see the band, you should do it now. Okay.
0: Now, is there going to be anything different on these coming tour dates compared to other tour dates, other live we'll shows? Well, we changed
1: the set a little bit, but at the same time, we've been on the same one and everybody's you know we're not rehearsing in between legs at this point um you know it's always different a little bit different every night anyway but um we're we're pretty much going with the 40 trips around the sun uh settlers with you know playing stuff from all the eras plus all the big hits we got to play and uh you know it's a great show but people seem to dig it so i mean we have like 4 or 500 songs we could play so it's kind of hard to do them all you know. <laughs>
0: There's also the live material that's coming out again about 40 trips around. Yeah, it's the a
1: pretty... Uh, we did it at the Zygodome in Holland. 18,000 people sold out, the hard ticket yes. in the arena, which is pretty great for a bunch of old guys like us. Um, and we, do, we filmed that and... Uh, it was mixed by Bob Clearmountain and directed by Nigel Dick, who's done all kinds of crazy shit. Wow! We had one night at it, and it's done really, really well for us. And now that the lawsuit's done, it can come out in North America. Okay, great.
0: <laughs> well, okay, what was keeping it up? What I mean, did describe legal
1: people suing us? It's just—it's so negative. It's so fucked. I don't want to give it any press at all. Good. <laughs> it's just really, man. It's just—you know—it's really hard to fight people that don't get the. They're wrong, you know what I mean? Especially when they got shitloads of money behind them. So, you get to the point where, like, do you want to just destroy us? Okay, great, you did. Are you happy now? So, I mean, we're going out. This is our, like, fuck you to everything. So we're going to bring bring a lot of energy on these gigs. We don't just sit there and, like, a bunch of, play- like, you would think, you know, like studio guys. No, no, no. It's rock and roll, man. Come out and dig it.
0: I was reading in one of the interviews, I think it was the Loud Haler interview, about Uh, seeing you on the All-Star Tour with Ringo this past summer and how much you seem to be thoroughly enjoying yourself. Yeah, man.
1: That's my happy place vacation tour, man. Working with Ringo is the best, man. He's become a very, very dear friend of mine. I just saw him for dinner last night. Really? (coughs) And, uh, you know, he's playing in that band. It's like, you know, first class, everything. And, you know, he just treats us like kings, and I don't have any pressure. I'm just the guitar player. I'm not, like, front guy, manager guy, been in the band never missed a day um the responsibility of the entire thing is not on me in other words i just get to i do go out there and work the management angle of it every morning for the band our band but you know when i'm out with him it's it's a vacation tour uh and that's why i can you know i i can never say no to that you know as long as he wants to work i want and they're really great about working around my schedule and everything like that it's really amazing that they would do that for me like between Ringo and, and, his, and his agents and uh, everybody and the organization is so awesome.
0: Who did you most enjoy playing with I mean, besides Ringo on this last run of the tour?
1: Who was on it, or who
0: did you most enjoy playing with?
1: Oh, all everybody's so great. I mean, I'm not going to pick a favorite. It's like because I love them all. But I mean, I got to play bass on the average white band shit with Hamish, which was a great Ooh, fun for me. Nice. Uh, and Colin Hay is one of my favorite voices. What an artist, you know. And then you got Greg Raleigh. I get to play Santana, the part of Carlos Santana, and all those great songs from my childhood. And Greg is a dear brother now, man. And I've known him since the Journey days and everything. So uh, we have a close connection in that camp. I mean, I love all those guys. As a matter of fact, my son is living with Jonathan Cain's daughter right now. So that's really pretty funny. Wow. (laughs) Who's Who's a lovely girl. I adore her. She's great.
0: Well, that's really awesome. I actually just interviewed Jonathan Cain when he came up with his solo album a few months ago.
1: Uh Yeah, he's a good dude. I've known Jonathan since I was 18 years old. I worked on his record before I was out. I was just back with Boz or something like that. I think I'd just done... So it would have been late summer 77 when I met Jonathan, before he was in the Babies or anything. He was just doing a solo record. And I got hired to play on that. So, I mean, it's kind of funny to go full circle like that. I haven't even talked to him. I talked to him on the phone once, once the kids got together. And I said, hey, man, can you believe this shit? <laughs> 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 but they're a great couple. My son's a musician like me, and he's doing really, really well. His band is just getting you know They're lining up to sign him. And He's got his other thing with What's So Not, which is some big EDM band. They headlined Lollapalooza and all those weird festivals. So he's making a living doing, doing what he loves, and uh, the rest of the kids are little. My oldest daughter's married, so it's all over the place in my world.
0: Would you ever see... I mean, maybe, maybe Total's the one I gotta go with because in terms of the name. But every so often you'll get one of those one of those iconic bands or iconic artists that plays like a Lollapalooza or a Coachella or a Bonnaroo. Yeah, well, like no, that.
1: we've been the, the couple. That we're playing Life Is Beautiful in about two weeks. Good. Which is like one of those big Lollap festivals in Vegas. Uh, we've, we, you know, they did offer us Lollapalooza this year, but we couldn't do it because we weren't working. I was out with Ringo at the time or something. But we may do it next year. Who knows? Or we may not do it next year because we're not going to work. But. uh that opportunity will come along because our agent Mark Geiger is kind of owns that so Oh good good Mark good, good. is over at WME he's the big president over there mm-hmm. Who would be and in And we've you? had an incredible relationship with these guys they've really worked hard to we've worked great together me look, me and my team and them at bringing this all back and just made all the right moves and everything like that they're a wonderful wonderful agency best i've ever worked with That's good
0: Um, when I asked you about who you most enjoy playing with, it might make this next question tough, but I'll see.
1: Oh No, I'll tell you who's my favorite guy in Ringo's band is Ringo. Okay,
0: easy answer right there. So who would be, if it's Steve Lukather in the all-star band, who is in your (laughs) all-star band?
1: Oh, man, that would depend on what kind of music we're playing. I mean, I have a lot. I mean, that that team pool is incredible. Actually, I get to do that. I mean, I don't have to wish for it. All the guys that I've ever wanted to play with, I have, pretty much. Uh, my all-star band, jeez, let me think about that one. I mean, that would really... I mean, in, in uh, of Ringo's band, the ever-changing thing, it's a great... Anybody who's got a name could probably do that, but I think Ringo sort of owns that vibe right now, you know? Yeah.
0: Ringo just but, announced his... Oh, go ahead, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. No, he's just, you know he started the all-star thing. I mean, um, it'd be fun to do that, you know, maybe at some point. There's a lot of these metal sort of all-star bands just to the point where there's almost too many of them. But, uh, you know, it's guys from different bands, and they're all great projects and incredible musicians, but it's like, how many bands can this guy be in? How many bands can this guy be in? it kind of waters down the brand... The original brand so you want to be careful how you do that yeah that's my opinion anyway.
0: well he just announced his new album like today and we're taping this for those listening later it's september 13th today we're taping this but this morning i see the new
1: ringo album news yeah i've been seeing a lot of
0: uh press on that what's my name coming october 25th yeah it's a
1: really good record i played on over half of it and i wrote a song with him on it last couple albums i last album i wrote two songs with him and paul mccartney played bass so i can fucking die now (laughs) That's it. That was the penultimate, uh, you know, f- f- ying to yang, you know what I mean? Oh. from The first time I saw the Beatles to that, I was like, okay, I guess it's not going to get any better than that, regardless of how many records it sold. It doesn't matter. It happened, <laughs> and it was great. But last album, you know, we wrote a song. I mean, it's a really, the songs are great on the record. He just, just being around, he gets so excited about music still, man. He goes, this is fucking Ringo, you know? And he still is into it, you know, he just, the creative process of it, he'll never stop. And if he can do that at 79 years old and be every bit as funny as he was in Hard Day's Night and far as this quickness and his, his, he's super well-read and intelligent. He's funny as fuck. He's generous and soulful. And I just, I mean, if his name was Billy Bob Jones, he'd be my best friend, you know. Hmm.
0: What's the music like on this
1: album? It's classic Ringo, but, I mean, the, the the lyrics are very introspective. There's some incredible performances. and He's got a song that John Lennon wrote uh, that he did, and Paul's on that. and I mean, there's some really great, it, it's sort of like, from his point of view, looking at life, life's been good, stuff like that. Uh, Colin Hay wrote What's My Name, which he wrote a long time ago for Ringo, and that's pretty cool. And there's a lot of really Dave Stewart, Joe Walsh. All the, you know, Ben Mont, all the, you know, his he just invites his friends over to play, you know? Yeah. And I'm honored to be one of those people that he would consider a, a, a great friend. He writes really nice stuff. He says nice stuff about me in the press, which touches me deeply. Because I really do adore the man. I mean, he's just the best thing that's happened in my life, my adult life, for sure.
0: That's yeah, cool.
1: I mean, he started my life as part of the Beatles, you know, because that was the on-switch to my life, But to have it all these years later have him be a close friend that just goes come on over for dinner tonight know, it's like fuck yeah boss i'm there you know wow i mean it's it's you know I, i'm not jaded and but yet when i'm with him he's he's i don't look at him as that oh wow anymore you know I mean, of course when you first meet any member of the beatles you're going to be holy fuck i'm but that started with mccartney on the thriller record back in 1982 and then george was a friend Honored to say he's my first guitar hero. And then, of course, Ringo's become a very dear friend of mine. Seven years in the band, going on eight. I told him he had to kill me to get rid of me. <laughs> he, which he laughs at. <laughs> which is why he makes fun of me. Because he, he he did... Whatever. Anyway. It's a it's a joy to be a part of that. And I get the best of both worlds, because then I go back to my high school, Van Toto. And that music is a little bit more challenging in in terms of a technical thing i get to play a lot more crazy shit in it and uh you know obviously that's my whole life and uh, all that music is my whole life Mm -hmm. i don't have to go on you know this is your life because if you listen when we remastered all this stuff for the the box set that we put out last year uh we listened to everything in chronological order and we worked on it that way And it was just a trip to go through your whole life with all the guys in the band sitting in the room, the ones that were alive anyway. The memories, the stories, we all had different versions of the same story. And it was really very much, this is your life. You go, wow, I I forgot about songs we cut, you know, because I don't listen to our catalog and, you know, the deep cuts of Hydra and shit like that I forgot about. Uh, and we just cracked up and went, wow, man, this shit, some of this shit's really good. And there was a couple of cringe worthy where, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> you get to all us boys and you want to jump out of the car. But, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's some fucking funny, cheesy shit in the, in the early records where I can understand why critics would go after us. We made it a little easy for them, but we were just teenage kids in the studio. What the fuck? Fucking balls hardly had dropped, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, you talked about that, and we we're about to wrap up here, but you talked yeah. about that box set in one of your Inside Music Cast interviews, and I've heard, I think, yeah. all of those by now, and they're, I would recommend anyone listen to those with, with, oh, the, thanks, huh? with, with the guys in, in Inside, on Inside Music Cast. And I think in one of them, correct me if I'm wrong, but they got on the topic of session playing and allowing the next generation of guitarists, and I know in, in modern music that's almost impossible to get that on modern records that are in Top 40, but who is a real up and comer that maybe nobody knows about that that you're like all right this guy's gal whatever has got a lot of potential they're a great guitarist that's the next generation is there anyone out there you want to highlight yeah
1: man there's a guy named there's a couple of them there's eric gales with an s unbelievable um and on the jazzier side Alan hines um there's there's some really amazing young cats man or maybe they're not even young, but they're up-and-coming guys. Jeff Coleman, uh, phew, I'm spacing, I could name lots of them. Uh, some really, really incredible players. But they're all, they're all the snarky puppy guys, mm-hmm. yeah, those guys are incredible. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's out there. But, I mean, the thing that I'm missing is that sort of virtuosity in top 40 music, which is somewhat shunned. Yeah, the, the, the you know when you have somebody like Kanye going guitars are shit, you know it's like okay Kanye, haven't we heard enough from you lately? <laughs> yeah, it's it, like yeah, let, let, let's hear that unauto-tuned version of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody again. Come I can I hear that again? <laughs>
0: yeah, I well, and I was just thinking, I was driving around uh, Eau Claire here the other day, uh, yesterday in fact, and a song comes on that's a current top forty song, and I'm thinking, this needs. A guitar solo, and instead it's just kind of a oh, we'll play a couple synths here, and then that's the break, and then it gets well, back in like weird thing the...?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's I agree. I you know I, listen. I don't know why you know I made a career doing that shit. You know, guitar solos were cool. Matter of fact, I did most of them at that time. Uh, but uh, I don't get that. I bet, I'm the pendulum swings, man. I think people are getting back in. The young kids are hungry for real shit. I could just say that by. Looking out in the room myself, and looking at kids' reactions to how what goes on when they realize this was not rehearsed. Mm-hmm. When they're going, wow, man! You know these guys are actually really good. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that, I mean, I think people are hungry for the real thing. Yeah. Because well, everybody knows. I mean, everybody knows the magic trick. It's like, oh, they're not really singing. Oh, that's not real. Oh, that's on a hard drive. Even if people don't know what the word hard drive means. They know it's not real, but they go anyway because of the spectacle. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we get more. And more... there's nothing wrong with that, man. People go to the circus and shit like that, but don't pawn it off as a live music show, you know? Well,
0: the good news just is. Saying, Come
1: see the Madonna circus or whatever, you know? And that's not to put her down. I just pulled that out right. of the air, you know? Right. It's, you know what I mean? But these people that have these ridiculous over-the-top productions are hiding something. That's just my opinion. Yeah. You know, I, the opinions of an old guy. I think you
0: got something going in the microwave, so I think I'm gonna, it's about time to let you go. Have whatever you want. Yeah, I
1: do. Is. And I have to go because somebody else is calling me. That's okay. Thank Thanks, you so pal. much.
0: Take care, Steve. I will. Bye bye. Bye bye. And just like that, <laughs> he's gone <laughs> and he's enjoying whatever he just made in the microwave. I think that's the first time I've ever heard one of my, one of my interview subjects making a snack or a meal in the microwave. I've I've sometimes heard dishes being moved around and stuff, so you can tell they're like in their kitchen, but I think that's the first time I heard like the full-blown preparation going on in the background. So hopefully he enjoyed whatever that was. That was a blast. A real fun interview with Steve Lukather. You've got to check out Toto, if you can, on this 40 Tours Around the Sun tour. As he said earlier in this interview, it might as well be a farewell tour, at least this current incarnation of Toto, so definitely check them out if you can. If you're in the Upper Midwest, nearby where I'm located in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, they'll be downstate in Madison at the Orpheum Theater on September 28th, and then October 1st in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis at the State Theater. If you can find tickets and you like the music of Toto, go. Don't know how many more opportunities you're going to get to see Toto On stage. Of course, Steve Lukather also on the new Ringo Starr album called What's My Name that comes out October 25th. So you'll have more opportunities to hear his music in a recorded sense. And also, speaking of releases, as we talked about, the new Toto Live material 40 tours around the sun. The digital audio and video version has come out today, the day that I'm recording this podcast. September 13th, 2019. The physical two CD or three LP set comes out a week later, September 20th, and the DVD and Blu-ray versions come out November 15th. Thanks, as always, to Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in the Eau Claire, Wisconsin area, my employer, for providing the studio where I can do these interviews. And if you want to hear more of these and, in particular, know when these interviews come up, well, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Got time for a quick story? You can do so on your Apple device, Android device, Stitcher, via Spotify, TuneIn. in. Make sure you subscribe so you get notifications or go to those places. or Whatever it takes for you to listen as soon as you can. And of course, we also put these interviews up at greatesthits981.com. And also, if you're going the podcast route to listen, make sure you not only subscribe, but make sure you rate the podcast. You know, be honest in your rating, but the higher you rate, the more attention this podcast will get, and thus, hopefully, the more cool artists we get to talk to on this podcast. Got time for a quick story. I'm Luke Anthony.